1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
2: Welcome to the Connection, a weekly radio
0: program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of the Connection, Lisa
2: demattis Lapore
0: and Ann Baldwin. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Connection. I'm one of your co hosts, Ann Baldwin.
1: And Lisa Dematis Lapori, CEO from The Connection. And I am extremely excited this morning for our listeners to get to know and hear about um, this amazing, astonishing woman that's sitting to my right. Commissioner Yvonne Klein um, from the Department of Housing, Um, have so much respect for her and the uh, amazing work that she's done in Connecticut for many years. And um, she's here today to talk about um, some of the uh, near and dear things that she's working on under the administration of Governor Malloy. So I wanna welcome you today to, to our show and say thank you for being here.
2: Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: You know, it's interesting, Commissioner, because back in my channel, 30 days, Um, I did a lot of stories on affordable housing and lack thereof. Mm -hmm. And I've seen so much progress, you know, lately in the entire state of Connecticut. And we talk on this program a lot about how one thing is related to another, could be related to a health issue or mental health issue. And isn't it true that one of the big components for that is housing and affordable
2: housing. Well, affordable housing is critical in so many ways. I and mean, housing is critical in so many ways. So we've been fortunate under uh, the leadership of Governor Malloy. To uh, have a governor who recognizes the need for affordable housing, and uh, to that end, he created the Department of Housing. So it's hard to believe that Connecticut, for decades, didn't have a standalone Department of Housing uh, until Governor until the Malloy administration. So the department is four years old, and uh, during our tenure, uh, we've made great strides. I in and I'm really proud of that and we didn't do it alone we've done this with our partners so you're right Uh, we've invested uh, as a state and along with our financing partner uh, Chaffa the Connecticut Housing Finance Authority over a billion dollars in affordable housing across the state of Connecticut so that equals 21,000 units of housing across the state. And and when I say 21,000 units, that also includes 18,000. Of those are uh, affordable units. Uh, our funding goes to mixed income housing, which I, I can talk a little bit about <laughs> later. Uh, but I'd like to focus on, on our current investments. Uh, we have been investing in affordable housing in all kinds of municipalities. Uh, suburbs, urban areas, Uh, so we've been very, uh, there's been a a tremendous amount of interest uh, in and a tremendous need. So I'm proud of the uh, funding that we've invo- invested along with CHAFA, but also that funding has been matched by over $2.5 billion from other financial sources, which is critically important. So there's, there's support and funding out there.
0: So how do you two come together? How do the connection and, and the commissioner of housing. How do, how do your departments come together? How do your worlds collide, if you will?
1: Our, words, our worlds collide because uh, The Connection does a lot of housing programs. We have um, one of the biggest supportive housing programs in Connecticut, but we do other housing projects. And what, why housing is so near and dear to my heart is because I see that housing is so key. For, for everyone in Connecticut a safe place to live and really having a stable place to live and to you know to have that is so key for everyone irregardless of really their status mm-hmm. and I think so many people take take for granted the fact that, you know, they put their key in a door and they open up and they have sort of this safe haven where they live and that housing is what Commissioner Klein has been able to do under the Malloy administration is to open up housing opportunities for folks that didn't have that. And that's really a key to anyone's really success with either mental health or substance abuse or in general to have a safe place to live. So I'm really grateful that, you know, that we've you know put this on the forefront because right. it really wasn't a priority. I mean, for many years, no,
2: it, it wasn't a priority yeah. for many years. And and I've been in public service for more decades than I care to count. <laughs> and uh, when and and love it, you know, I right. I, I do love it. But um, I remember years uh, where we would wait for the state budget, and the, it would either be zero mm-hmm. dollars uh, for housing. Or something like five or six million dollars for housing and in our department we're the gap funders so when we receive an application we'll receive an ask for five million dollars or six million dollars just for one project so can you imagine a state budget where you have only six million dollars no. for housing <laughs> no. and and you get what do you get from that? Right. So, you know, years ago, Connecticut was very dependent upon federal funding mm-hmm. uh, for housing. And, and I think years ago, I mean, we also have not only the bricks and mortar uh, pro- uh, programs in our department, but as uh, Lisa mentioned, uh, we have our, our supportive programs. So that's our section eight. Mm-hmm. that we receive from uh, the federal government our state rental assistance programs are now in the department of housing funding for homeless shelters funding for support services uh, and for various programs so what we like to say in the department on the housing spectrum we do everything right from homeless services to uh, home ownership and everything in between
1: right and really commissioner klein is really the leader leading this pact of preventing and ending homelessness, which has been such a huge issue and concern for folks in Connecticut.
0: And isn't it true, too, um, that when someone can put that key in the door and open it up to their place, that... They take better care of it. There's a sense of accomplishment. There's a sense of self-respect. There's a, self of safe, there's a sense of safety. Um, like, any, like any of us, right? That go home at night and put our key in our door and walk into our place. And they keep these places up. So I've heard naysayers say, well, you build these nice places for these people. And they just destroy them. But they don't, do they? No, they don't.
2: Uh, no. Oh, so much happens when you put a key in somebody's hand and Mm -hmm. they have a home to go to so much happens Uh, Connecticut is a housing first state yeah so what that means is that we believe and you know I I, I, when I talk about data and data tells us I always feel data so cold but we need we need to have data support Mm -hmm. this Uh, Connecticut is a housing first state and data supports the fact that when people have a home a safe stable secure and affordable home to go to they will get and keep a job mm-hmm. they will get and stay sober so whatever their challenges may be this home centers them uh, so that they can co- become productive if they they've had issues and they've not been productive mm-hmm. contributing community members that's who they become so housing is transformative and the the naysayers uh, you know uh, what do you say about naysayers right so right. the the naysayers will raise these issues but the facts don't support what they're saying mm-hmm. correct uh so uh, in connecticut we've had a uh, very good luck uh, you know or we've had very good results people who um who we've been able to put in an affordable home. Uh, and I'd like to talk a little bit about homelessness and our efforts to end homelessness and our success in that area. People are staying housed. The, the folks who we've matched with housing are staying housed. They're working and they're put planting roots uh, in their communities and it's just so exciting to see. So why, so for the naysayers, when you have such good results, why wouldn't you want to make this investment? Because it's so good for pe- for the individuals, for the families, for the communities, um, bringing the 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 the, vib- the vibrancy, the economic uh, vitality to municipalities. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes, uh, you know, folks will say, "Well, folks should be able to live where they work." Makes sense, right? And and many folks are are able to do that, but if you're low-income family you might not have that opportunity to do that
0: right and i don't think i think there's an ignorance out there i'll say this on behalf of people who don't understand other folks circumstances so you know there's naysayers everywhere so we're not going to talk anymore about right. them because there are successes you've got proven results um and and let's talk a little bit about homelessness because here we are fall winter's right around the corner and i mean i see it all the time i i know firsthand there's a, a gentleman that helps do work on my house who is sleeping in a tent right now because his time at a shelter ran out so there and he's a great guy you know and he's it's, it's, my heart breaks for him but there's so many people out there that for one reason or another have found themselves homeless and so what are you doing commissioner to to address that right now?
2: So what we've done in Connecticut, we've actually changed how we address homelessness. Uh, we, you know, a few years ago, we were managing homelessness. People were shuffling from one shelter to the other, putting their name on lists, looking for help, and, and receiving some kind of support, but not the type of support they're getting today. So Connecticut uh, is divided up now into eight um, cans, and uh, those access networks help folks instead of just here's your shelter for tonight we do an assessment and we begin to help we begin the process of getting people housed so instead of just an entry system we have an exit system because the important thing is to exit people from homelessness And sometimes you need help with that. You know, I think
0: that's this guy's situation. He doesn't have the ability really to figure it out.
2: And we can help him. Right. And uh, so we've been fortunate in uh, Connecticut to have a very strong and well-developed 2-1-1 system. So that's your first point of entry that will get you... uh, to, that will schedule an appointment so an assessment can be done so we can understand the kind of supports an individual or family may need. And um, our coordinated, and it's called coordinated access networks, there are eight throughout the state. And this is where community providers have come together to support the efforts to end homelessness, to support individuals and families who, to exit them out of homelessness. And you can't do this. You can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. One shelter can't do it. Uh, for folks who need community services, they're all at the table. We have a homeless management information system, where uh, we, instead of someone, you know, going to four different shelters, they have one assessment. They are on this one one list, and what we're seeing are folks being moved. Off of that list uh, because we've been able to coordinate our efforts and develop a system where we can rapidly identify somebody who's homeless and then rapidly find them uh, stable, safe, permanent housing. So we will say call 211, get in and do an assessment. And do we have folks who are resistant to that? Yes, mm-hmm. we do, and we always will. Right. And uh, we've been fortunate, uh, you know, way back now, you know, two years ago, we were the first state in the nation to uh, end homelessness for our chronically homeless veterans. We uh, are one of only three states to have effectively ended veter- veteran homelessness. And we have begun our efforts to end youth homelessness and family homelessness. Wow. So, we, you know, four, four years ago, four and a half years ago, <laughs> when I took this job and we talked about ending homelessness, I think we, we all looked at each other and said, well, you know, sort of shrugged our shoulders, threw our hands up, well, we're going to try. You know, how do you begin? And that began to take shape. And uh, we have great partners. Um, who came to the table and, and said, yes, we wanna do this and we're going to accomplish this and how do we begin? So it's been a great group who's been able to right. take the risks, make the changes, uh, become very adaptable and uh, to have a great system where we can house people.
0: You know, and that's where the connection and you know, you guys come together because you talk about even folks that are getting out of jail, right? the program, you know, helping them get ready, helping them find homes, helping them find, you know, the resources that they need. So when you say organizations around the table, I'm assuming at least that the connection sitting at that table.
1: Or one of many really in the state that, you know, that participate. Um, in these uh, in the CAN meetings and um, supporting Department of Housing Um, our homelessness our youth homeless program is amazing and in fact if you remember we had someone that spoke on the show recently who talked exactly about this housing yes and that's why we're so grateful really for Department of Housing because the you know we're seeing this you know able to really get those folks right early on um, that these younger adults into you know Permanent Support of Housing, which I think is amazing. You know,
0: and it it wasn't that long ago that 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 individual was on the show. And when I think of homelessness, I don't think of youth. I don't think of young people. It just never enters my mind. And here we are in Connecticut. You don't see what you see in a lot of the inner cities where you see the faces and you, you see the people that are homeless. You don't see that here. But you're
2: telling me, Commissioner and Lisa, they're here they're here and we actually the good news is is that we can help homeless families and individuals and in terms of our youth uh, we have a youth services director within our department uh, who's doing a great job of coordinating a number of things we have uh, to address youth homelessness uh, there are there are models of housing that are unique and specific to address youth issues so in the department we do have uh, capital funding uh, for any um, for organizations and we've received a number of applications that are under review who are interested in building housing for homeless youth so we're very excited about that and, and in the department uh, you know having spent time in local state government I said we can't be one of those inflexible state bureaucratic agencies, you know that yeah. that can't be right. flexible and right. agile. So I'm proud to say that we've been very responsive, and we've set our goals and thought strategically about what are those elements that we need to be successful. So we've got a youth services director. We've got a capital funding to invest. We have capital funding. Uh, for uh, shelters uh, homeless shelters to address the needs of families youth and transgender uh, individuals so I'm proud to say that and plus we applied for uh, as a as a group and as a state and received 6.6 uh, $6 million dollars uh, for a youth uh, demo grant uh, and it's the the largest, uh, award that was made by the federal government. I am proud to say, and it was a very competitive round. Uh, they received 130 applications and we were one of 10 to have wow, been selected. Wow. Congratulations. So we're, you know, we're, <laughs> We're a small department, but we set our goals and uh, our strategy so that we can be successful. And it sounds like you're listening
0: to your community partners; that you're all in this together. Because you brought up the point, commissioner, that you know sometimes when you when you look for resources, you just you just don't want to put yourself in that bureaucratic whirlwind of. You know go calling this person and calling that person it sounds like because your agency is so new and because you started this agency that this was part of the architectural design that you came up with
2: well yes thank you uh, it's it's my old habits you know it's my old Good. old Board of Education local Board of Education training old first selectman training where you you Go to people where you make sure you're having conversations. You invite people to the table that that know what they're talking about. That can give you real life and input, and, and also criticism. Yeah, please good. tell me what I'm doing wrong so we can make it better. And uh, and I will say I ha- I do have to credit the staff at the Department of Housing, who have been uh, remarkably, um, you know, flexible in and it and changing and really taking the time to reflect on whenever we have a, a funding round. Um, we have a rating and ranking. And I'm not gonna get too yeah. technical, but you know, how, how did that work? Did we highlight our priorities in that rating and ranking? Did we receive the types of housing applications that meet the needs for Connecticut residents? How do we, or, or did we get something totally unexpected and, and wow, and yeah, we need to do more of that. So we really think long and hard. Um and turn things around as quickly as you know quickly so that um we can be responsive but also uh, be leaders and be innovators uh in what we do if you're just tuning in we're speaking with
0: um commissioner Avon klein from the department of housing connecticut department of housing and lisa DeMatis Lapore is with us as well she got a little frown on her face. What's that frown for? No, I'm, Turn no, that frown upside down. No,
1: it's I'm just I'm just <laughs> thinking about. It's actually it's not a frown. I'm really um, re- so grateful, Commissioner Klein, because you stand out to me because what I've seen you do is to come out and force and really meet. The, um, the clients and the folks that are living in these housing units. You've come out and toured many programs. You're always doing that. And that speaks a lot to me about really the commitment and the compassion that the Department of Housing has, because they are, you and the staff, are very invested in, in assuring that, that you know, folks' voices are being heard. And that you're out there really seeing, you know, how these benefits are, you know, stopping generational cycles of, you know, homelessness and really the effect that it's having on all generations of the family and really implanting people to feel that they're valued citizens. And I think that's really huge. And it speaks a lot because like you know you said probably your background and just who you are and you know you um your passion is there and it affects all of us because that gets myself excited to you know see that commissioner klein is really out there and you know she supports what what folks are doing and she w- wants to see the success and she's you know willing to take um you know feedback and take that back and do what she, you know what she needs to do and right and to get that input and, is and to make it
0: that's why it's working that's why it's working commissioner can you share with me without you know breaking confidentiality um to lisa's point you go out you see these programs you meet these people um
2: do you have a favorite like success story um i i don't have a favorite but i have some that are are memorable uh there's this uh one woman who uh describes herself as in her past being in a very dark hole and uh did go through our our system, if you will, you know, starting with 211, and received the appropriate support services, uh, which she needed. She had a, a mental health issue. And uh, she actually, I, I met her after she had, had written a letter of, of thanks to the department, which was very nice. And when she was writing her letter, she explained that she had been in a dark hole and how housing had changed her life, and that she was writing this letter. On her day off from her job. Wow! And you just know yep. how meaningful.
1: I just had a chill up my back. Yep. That was right. Yeah.
2: So the day off from our job in our homes, that we take for granted. So it gives you a whole new perspective, um, on on how important um, home is when you look at it uh, from some through someone else's eyes yep. who didn't have that what a great story time. so that to me is is a story that gets me every day because her day off it just meant I love so that. much
0: yeah she didn't say uh, you know i thank you for my home and by the way i got a job you read through the message to, fig- to make your own conclusions which makes it even right. more inspirational right and you need that foundation to get started right you need that you know that security, and I'm sure that it's impacted. You know, the crime rate has gone
2: down. That people are just more settled in, and we see that. Mm-hmm. You know, we see that uh, in our data, and it's it's far more expensive to keep somebody homeless. Uh, than it is to put someone at home, mm-hmm. and the the numbers are it it costs about for all the services that homeless folks need, whether they're they're incarcerated, whether they're going to emergency rooms, and. Um, and any public service that they need. So for an individual, it's about $33,000 a year. And then for a family, it's $122,000 a year. But if you can put them in a home mm-hmm. and, and help them with rental assistance, it's $10,000 a year for an individual and about $15,000 a year for a family. And then the benefit of being in that home and the good things that come for that, uh, from that uh, stable employment children go to school when children are homeless they don't go to school right. homeless children if they're not you know bringing them out of poverty have a greater success rate uh, if they stay in poverty these children will remain homeless again it's a vicious cycle a right crime. So stop the cycle yep. so stop. that is what you know why i'm Part, you know why I'm so passionate about this is that by having affordable housing in all of our municipalities, uh, and we talk a lot about mixed income housing. So you have market rate housing and affordable housing, right. all in you know if you will, in in one development. Um, it's it's so it's so much more beneficial to take uh, these kids and give them a better opportunity because they will. Exactly. Data tells us they are more successful than their Mm -hmm. parents they have a greater likelihood to uh, go in the army uh, go in the service graduate from high school and have successful jobs
1: and families and so really what's what stabilized housing is doing is stabilizing generations to you know right moving forward mm-hmm. isn't that a, isn't that fabulous right I mean, it's so key housing is so key I, yeah. can, I can't put enough emphasis on absolutely so that we've means. got just
0: a few minutes left so Commissioner final thoughts and is 211 the best way to access your services
2: uh, final thoughts on if you are homeless please call 211 and that will begin the process of getting someone housed so that's, that's really important to start with two one one. And final thoughts, uh, we are encouraging municipal leaders to take, be proactive in promoting the development of affordable housing yes. in their municipalities. Mm-hmm. And, and again, we talk about
0: stereotypes all the time. I just worked on a, on a project for a client where some of the homes were market value and some of them were considered affordable homes. You couldn't tell one from the other. So it's not like you've got this big house next to a shack. I mean, you know, these are just the things I think that people conjure in their own minds. But it's not that way. It's home ownership. They all kind of look alike. They're all, it's a nice neighborhood. So, you know, educate yourself before you rush to judgment, right?
1: Exactly. And listen to what um, Commissioner Klein is saying. And I can't urge folks enough out there. Make the call. Call 211 and you will be directed to um, assistance that you'll need to, you know, become stabilized and to find affordable housing.
0: How long does a process take, Commissioner, or does it vary?
2: It varies with the individual. Yeah. It depends on what kind of whether or not they have documentation, birth certificates, social security. I mean, there's yeah. it is a process. It it's all process. depends on the individual or family.
0: What if they have a criminal
2: background? Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Call two one one and we will yeah. help you.
1: Yeah. Isn't that great that is great thank you so much commissioner klein thank you for your efforts and your compassion in um really helping hope uh, stopping homelessness and working towards this amazing goal of allowing folks in connecticut to feel um valued citizens um due to the these housing efforts i, I really can't say enough so thank you so much thank you
0: this was great and i what i like to say not good luck continued success yes thank you so you know hats off to you for a program that's really in its infancy but already showing proven results
1: huge results huge
0: results and i think that's what everybody hopes and prays for so it was a pleasure having you on the program lisa always nice chatting with you as well
1: nice to see you today
0: absolutely and uh thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in to this edition of the connection right here on wtic news talk 1080 Mm -hmm.